the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Life happens pretty fast, and it's really good if you develop a plan, maybe on the fly, but develop a plan, you know? It's better than nothing. Part of your plan is organization. Sometimes I'm not the most organized person. My puppy's getting old. She's going to be put down today. So I've had to go through, get this, 15 years of photos. Because I'm not that organized. And what I realized in the last couple days is stunningly beautiful dog, strong dog, great friend. But 15 years of no organization. You know, there's been some times where I was like, that's a great picture. Let's, let's, get, it photo- let's get it framed. Um, but that's not good. Fortunately, I handle my finances way better. There's a thing called binders. You remember binders? I still like having a physical binder on basically things like that washer dryer. When did I buy it? Kind of thing. How much did I pay? Where's the manual? Washer dryers aren't that tough to fix if you have the manual. They're going to break when they're going to break for sure, but you get the idea. So a binder is great for bills. I still automate my bills, but I still kind of, in case I kick the bucket, I want someone to be able to walk in and say, oh, let's take a look at his budget. He has 47 bills every month and two paychecks. Let's figure that out. So binder is very, very helpful, especially if you're doing it, if you're signing up to have it done through email, you kick the bucket and people don't get into your email for a while. You can see where it's, it helps. I had to go through my dad's stuff. My dad had a desk, like my photos, of Maisie the Wonder Dog. Uh, but it was, it was a pleasure putting together photos and just remembering just crazy things in the life of a puppy. In your binder, you should have things like potentially a birth certificate, maybe social security numbers, or your social security card. You should try to keep it in a safe. Early on in life, you definitely want to put your sources of income together, your financial assets, your liabilities, your insurance policies, your will, your trust, any legal documents. It was kind of funny because when I was going through my dad's stack of paperwork, if it had been in a binder, I could have helped my mom mourn. But because it was in just stacks, I was like, there's going to be a legal piece of paper saying that I was adopted. I'm going to be like, I'm going to be the happiest man in the world. I'm going to learn that my my mom is Shirley Temple Black. <laughs> I'm going to learn that my dad is Charles Black, the guy who started PG&E. Like, I'm going to suddenly become a billionaire when my dad dies. Because I'm going to learn, I'm going to see the adoption papers. Now, most kids are f- afraid of adoption. I'm, I looked at it as an opportunity. I just wanted to make sure that it was Daddy Warbucks who adopted me. You know what I'm saying? Scrooge was an investor god. Now, I say that on occasion as a bit of a joke, but also as a bit of a learning mechanism tool to slightly remind you that giving gifts is not about the monetary value. Giving gifts is not about, like, if you have that flexibility, that's great. But most people would like a, a card or good cold beer. You don't have to go to town and go crazy.
my still my investing baseline is still a million dollars. I was talking to a news anchor at Crown yesterday, and she goes, "How much life insurance do I need to get?" I said, "Let's start at ten times your income, because it's easy that way. It's a it's a good rule of thumb that's not going to get you into too much trouble." Starts you off in the process, and then before you sign on the dotted line, you go, okay, let's explore this. What does a million dollars actually get me? Is that taxed? Is it not taxed? How much income can I get? So I told her, buy term and invest the rest. Don't buy variable life. Don't buy whole life. Bad products. Bad products. Annuities, bad products for most of you out there. So I start with a million dollars, and then I go, I ask the anchor, I go, so do you have any children? She goes, she does. I'm like, oh. I'm like, do you care about them? And she does. Some people don't. But she did. So credit is something to be paid attention to. So I would say for every kid you have, two hundred fifty thousand for the record. So if you have a, a spouse that needs your income and you're making a hundred, start with a million dollars. For a kid, two hundred fifty thousand. College will be more expensive or less expensive than. But you're in, you're in the ballpark. My credit score ebbs and flows sometimes because I try to manage my cash flow to 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 leniency. I want to use it. I, I want to f- maximize it. So sometimes. Uh, like I just got a second mortgage and my cash flow is struggling right now. So my credit score is struggling a little bit, but it's working in the right direction. So a good credit score is, is pretty powerful. I'm glad I've got a mortgage at 3.75%, 4.25%. Like I can name my numbers and I could still say I'm pretty comfortable with it because I had a good credit score to great credit score going in. Everyone should check annualcreditreport.com. Everyone should manage credit wisely and know that it can get you into a heap of trouble. It got me into trouble in college. I mean, not not horrific. I saw people go bankrupt. But I probably gained 5 to 10 pounds in pizzas that were put on credit cards that if I had to go to the cafeteria and use my cafeteria plan, I'd be a lot skinnier. And it wouldn't really hit the spot of the munchies in the middle of the night. Remember how bad college was? You would order a pizza. You'd go wash your hands and like everyone in the dorm had eaten your pizza by the time you got back. It was like, let's mess with them. Or a freshman would go get like five bottles of alcohol and then he'd leave the room and you'd drain all of his alcohol and replace it with water and watch him get trashed off of drinking a whole fifth of vodka by himself when it was really only two shots left in it. Boy, is this great! College, right? And this is what we pay $250,000 for. Um, yeah. I think getting your kids started with a, a bank account is great. I think getting your kids started with a credit card is fantastic. How soon? 15, 16. But give them a secure card. Let them practice while in the house before midnight in a dormitory where peer pressure is saying, get 10 pizzas when he should be probably only getting one if he's paying for it himself. So that's out there. I like the S&P 500, but I don't love the S&P 500. So S&P 500 is a large cap weighted index. And you'll see it on TV. I, I, I don't like the Dow. I, I have no purpose for the Dow. It's just 30 stocks that I may or may not own. For some reason, it's an index that doesn't mean as much as... I guess P500 means more about capitalism, large cap corporate America capitalism. And generally speaking, if big companies like Apple and Google and Intel and Microsoft and Bank of America and JP Morgan, if they're doing well, Boeing, it's kind of a nice reflection of capitalism. I once met a real estate agent who had 70 plus credit cards and she was proud of it. You know, those CD cases where they have the plastic on the inside and you slip the, you slip the CD cover into it. She had something like that with 70 plus credit cards. 
And I was like, whoa, that's too many, in my opinion. Whoa. Too much manage. Too much financial trickery. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Maisie the Wonder Dog, we love you. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. Well, I certainly hope everyone's out there is having a good year, financially speaking. Middle of the summer, you get that Black Friday thing going on. You're like, say what? Yeah, that made-up holiday. First time I heard of it was Singles Day made-up holiday. Well, first time I really heard of it was Valentine's Day. What a made-up piece of crap of a holiday. Flowers. Flowers! Flowers! Awful investment. Planting them and selling them? Wonderful investment. Well, I don't know about investment, but getting people to buy your weed that you cut up... And when I say that getting people to buy your weed, I'm not implying that kind of weed either. I'm just going to shut up. All right, all right, all right. I think that'd be a good idea. So anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. We can talk about things that you regret as an investor. I think seeing the market near an all-time high, you have to regret if you ever gave up on it, right? My brother Michael in the 1990s, he got a little freaked out because there was a thing called the saving and loans thrift bank failure issue. It was kind of like the mortgage implosion of 2006, 2008 that brought down big banks in the United States to their knees. And uh, we were just giving, you know, loans to people who didn't deserve them. It bit us in the 90s and again, it bit us in the mid 2000s. Guess what's going to happen at some point down the road? It's pretty fascinating. We will repeat history, in my opinion. Remember when you were a baby? Baby powder? I know you're saying, Rob, I don't remember when I was a baby getting baby powder. Johnson and Johnson's baby powder. Johnson and Johnson's baby shampoo. Well, baby powder used to be like this clean, innocent, pure thing, right? Put on a baby's butt after it, just wet its diaper so it didn't get chafing and rashes and such. A Missouri jury ordered J&J to pay $4.69 billion in regard to allegations that it's talc-based powders. Contain asbestos. So Johnson & Johnson's baby powder might have had cancer in it. I'm going to put my little baby, my little baby butt. Whoops. Now, Johnson Johnson said it was disappointed in the verdict, which resulted from a fundamentally unfair process that allows 22 of the patients who claim to develop ovarian cancer to be part of the same case. This isn't the first time that J&J has squared off against the law. Customers have claimed they developed cancer from using its product. Last year, a California court ordered Johnson & Johnson to pay a record $417 million to a woman who claimed she developed terminal ovarian cancer from Johnson & Johnson products. This is an increased large number, and Johnson & Johnson is going to survive. Uh, it's going to be interesting to watch again. Remember that tobacco companies survived. Now, again, most of them merged with Philip Morris. And Altria, but they survived and they survived, you know, admitting that they were selling cancer sticks, essentially. And people still wander into the store and say, give me a cancer stick. Take me a, give me a packet. 800-516-1220 to each calls on the air. Now in a lighter news, I know you're saying ovarian cancer, putting on babies, 
Not a good thing, right? Um, can we do lighter news? Maybe maybe a McDonald's story or two? McDonald's is, uh, stock is getting hit today. I know you're saying, please, 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 don't tell me something about the Big Mac causing cancer. No, 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 heart attacks. Um, but McDonald's is trading lower because of salad-linked sickness probe. Usually, this is going to go away, right? It doesn't always. And just as soon as you get arrogant and go, you know, oh, this one will be fine. Um, it's not. So, but again, you know, just think Chipotle versus McDonald's. I think people have probably gotten sick before. At uh, hold on a second, I'm trying to my credentials got revert kicked off. That's better. So McDonald's moving lower today on news that they've got a salad link sickness probe. More than 100 people have fallen sick from uh, cyclospora. <laughs> Did I say that one right? A cyclospora parasite in Illinois and Iowa since mid-May. So it looks like McDonald's salad is the culprit. Now, is that going to stop you from going to McDonald's? Like, who's getting salads anyway at McDonald's? Just between you and me. I know, I know, there should be a healthy option. I know, big boy, you should take a look at it. Yes, yes, yes. Netflix is facing major risk heading into earnings, a lot of managers are starting to say. The stock's just been going up and up and up, and Amazon's been going up and up and up, and at some point in time, the stock needs to give a break, or just everyone in the world should own it, and we should all be billionaires. Right? So Netflix is moving very much so higher company that wanted to sell themselves at one point in time to Blockbuster would have been a bit of a mistake. Netflix bulls have been rewarded this year. Stock's up 110% this year. It's not always going to be up 110% when a stock is trading at more than $400 a share with a trailing PE in the triple digits. You got a little bit of risk going into earnings season. So if people are disappointed with international subscribers or U.S. subscribers or churn or... Costs going up too much. Um, but again, when their costs go up, we tend to get better TV shows, in theory. When it comes to the biggest risk right now, it's all about the prospect of competitors, potentially. You know, the whole HBO thing, the Hulu, the Amazon Prime, Disney. And if you've taken a look at some of the bundles recently, they've become expensive. We used to do, well, I'm not going to say they're as expensive as Comcast at this point in time, but the bundles are becoming more expensive. Of course, you're getting more, but they're also becoming more expensive. It's kind of like the music industry. When the music industry buckled, and it, it, it almost died completely with Napster. Now, the whole TV industry is changing with Netflix. Will it buckle? What will happen? How will they stop and revert? Go to unlimited streaming? Hmm. Right. That's kind of the area that it's playing in. Anyway, I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. Netflix and Amazon, both very expensive, priced for perfection in the short term. I'm Rob Black. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money invested, and more. We're sold a lot of stuff. We're marketed a ton of information. And some of it we, we buy into. It's crazy, some of the things we buy into. One of those myths, for instance, is homeownership is the American dream. 
not so much today. But when you go back to the 1940s and 1950s, when that started to become kind of a truth, whether it was true or not, it just kind of became an accepted truth and no one really challenged it. Home ownership is awesome. It's right now. Rats are filthy animals because I live near a creek. Who knew? And uh, it's going to probably cost me. A, uh, you can only do so much. I think rats are like moving um, boards in my home. Like, how does that happen? And wait, wait. It's a two million dollar home. And I've got rats, right? But I think they're moving planks in my garage. Either that or, or my neighbors are messing with me. So anyway, we're sold these ideas that they don't necessarily have to hold true. Um, I can't imagine who could afford my home. It's, you know, you need two and a half times your income is what you could afford. So you start thinking about that and you're like 500,000, two and a half times. That's 1 million, 1.25. Nope. Okay, let's go up to a million. Okay, that's 2.5, right? So you need an income of almost $800,000 to quote unquote qualify for this home. It's not a lot of jobs out there like that. Anyhow, in any way, some of the things I want to continue to push forward on is you don't have to buy into these truths. Um, I like mortgage debt because you're paying yourself to live at a home instead of paying a landlord or instead of paying the landlord's debt. But I don't look at it necessarily as a great investment. I look at it as a great liability that works out over time. And if you happen to have a lot of courage when the market's down and home prices are falling, that's sometimes when you get the best deals. It's like the best deals on beach houses right after a hurricane blows through it. I have no tie to Myrtle Beach, but there's a lot of nice beaches down in that area near the Kitty Hawk area. Um, and a big hurricane hits, right? Where do you think the, the beach houses are cheapest right now? It's probably near Myrtle Beach, right? It's on that town that disappeared after a big hurricane because there's no houses there now. There's just people are like, well... I guess I'll move back to my my home in Mississippi. So they leave and they sell the land. So this is the time to be buying if this is the, an opportunity. It's like when were homes in the Oakland Hills cheapest? When the houses were on fire in Oakland Hills? When were the, the, the homes in the marina the cheapest? Right after the earthquake. So maybe that's how you get in. Your 401k is an incredible tool. I'm going to be announcing a seminar coming up. Uh, tied towards life beyond a 401k. What do you do after you max out your 401k to make money? One of the answers is real estate. And didn't he just say that homes are liabilities and not necessarily assets? We'll talk about in that in the future, right? So if you ever quit or leave a company, I want you to take the 401k with you. Too much paperwork to leave behind. And the way kids in this day and age change jobs, you may have four or five 401ks. And you just need to consolidate that stuff so you can actually get on top of it. One of my favorite game, uh, books was called a, a book called Gorilla Game. And it taught you what analysts look for um, as far as who's going to become the next 800-pound gorilla. Um, I like reading about finance. I like reading financial books. It's a good thing because I kind of burned out on fiction. College, too much fiction in college, too much fiction <laughs> Um, so I kind of burned down on it, but I still like to read books. Um, one of my favorite, favorite, favorite books of all time is a book called Death of Competition. And I highly recommend picking it up. Um, sometimes it shows up on Amazon for like a, a penny and then you have to pay like $5 in shipping, right? Like, what's that all about? It's a penny. Sure. And then you, you see it's like $9 in 
shipping fees. Okay, I get it. But the death competition, um, it's written by a guy with last name Moore, M-O-O-R-E, which, oddly enough, the Gorilla Game is written by a guy with last name Moore. Two different guys, though. Uh, but the death competition was fantastic in the sense that it, it talked about, like, uh, Salesforce is, is the king of the cloud right now, right? Let's just say Salesforce and Amazon. But there's companies that are benefiting from it, from the ecology. Companies like Adobe. And you're like, oh, yeah, I, I forgot about Adobe. Don't they do that Acrobat? And don't they do Illustrator? And don't they? They do. And they're pretty dominant at what they do still. And it's a nice investment if you don't want to own the gorilla. I like gorillas. That's all I have to say. <laughs> You're saying, is that what you have to say? So the death of competition, one of the things that he did was his, his first chapter is he talks all about Hawaii's ecology and how if you introduce something weird to it, it could just totally break up the ecology. And it starts you thinking about investing as an ecology and who are the gorillas and who are the, the winners, so to speak. Um, so it's not just random. You know, when you start looking at companies like Amazon and go, okay, I got Amazon, got it, got it, got it. And then you see, well, there's a company called Alibaba, which is the Amazon of China. Now, right now, that stock got put on sale because of the Trump tariff war with China. And it can get a lot uglier because now China has nothing to retaliate against. They can tariff everything that comes from the United States to their country. They can tariff it all. They're done. They don't import as much as we export from them. So what, what's next? Maybe currency manipulation? Maybe some uh, anti-competitive scenarios? When all said and done, and we put the trade tariff war behind us, Alibaba is going to be a screaming buy. Now, the problem is, you're going to get to work on a, like a Wednesday, and you're going to hear that the, the trade war is over. And you're going to open up your, your investments, and you're going to say, Rob Black said Alibaba is going to be a screaming buy. And it'll be up like 80 points. And you'll say, I can't buy that now. So you have to buy during the time of the crisis. When the hill's on fire, when the earth is moving, when the hurricane is blowing down roofs, you can't wait necessarily, or you can, but it's going to cut down your sizzle, so to speak. You have to change with the times. That's super important. You can't just be the 800 pound gorilla who sits there eating bananas all day. I look at a model portfolio that I put together 25 years ago, and it's funny. There's a, there was a company called Tyco which kind of was like a poor man's GE of appliances. And they're gone. There's a company on the list called GE. And they got so leveraged, they borrowed so much money. They're basically irrelevant. Um, AOL was on the media side, representing 21st century media. Viacom was on the side of uh, old media. In a diversified portfolio, you kind of had the new media, the old media. AOL's gone, right? You've got mail. Can I be honest with you? You've got mail. If I were to become a serial killer, I'm not going to. And my favorite serial killer is the guy who killed Captain Crunch. But if I were to become a serial killer, I may go after people with AOL email addresses. That would be my thing. And some police detective is going to figure out one day, look, these guys all have AOL addresses. I once heard Rob Black talk about that. We should go ring his doorbell. What's up with people with still holding on to AOL addresses? And if they're in business, it's even worse. I'm like, I'm not going to do business with, like I have a flooring guy come into my house. I got rats and I got a flooring issue. So if he sends me an email that says James from at AOL.com, I'm like, I'm not working with him. So I'm looking at this diversified portfolio in front of me right now. And some of these companies are gone. 
you know, some tech plays talking about ecology, companies like Flextronics. Back in the 90s, I made a ton of money on Flextronics because they were making all the computer products that we were buying, whether they be phones or modems. They were a contract manufacturer, right? They didn't really have skin in the game. They said, we'll buy all the machines and we'll, we'll put it together for you in Asia and we'll send it to your country. And I made a ton of money. But listen to this. On this list is Ericsson. Do you even remember Ericsson? Like, I, I probably forgot it until I just saw this list. And um, Ericsson was a competitor to Nokia. They were a phone play. And it, you're like, whoa. Do you remember Nokia phones and Motorola phones and Ericsson phones? If you do, you're at least 40 years old. At least. So you know what the secret is to earning 20%? Or I hear, I hear a commercial that says, you can get returns of 10 to 20%. And I go, BS. The detector's going off. Ding, 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 ding. Do you know that the key of earning 20% easily? It's, I don't, I, I don't know. There's no guarantee. Now, you could own a company like Netflix and get 100% in a year, and you're like, well, I know what I'm doing. I'm an expert. I just got 100%. I don't need you, Rob Black. I guarantee you that ain't going to last for long. You'll have a good year or two. You won't beat me over, over time. And I own a lot of the tech names. But wouldn't you like me to tell you the secret to 20% returns? The secret is, is it doesn't happen. It doesn't exist. It's not easy. So when you hear commercials talking about easy returns or having only this company has the cojones to you know, state that they'll get you 20%. No, 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 no. They're, they're not regulated, so they can say whatever they want. And that's kind of sad and unfortunate. So pick your nose. Pick your friends, but don't fr- pick your friend's nose. Pick your stocks, but don't pick stocks for friends. And you probably shouldn't be picking stocks until you have $100,000 diversified in exchange-traded funds. And it- don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Sometimes it's not about how much you make. It's how much do you pay in taxes. Sometimes it's how many mistakes to avoid. It's not really about opportunities lost unless the one thing you did was you never started. I think it's okay to get market returns. I think it's great to get market returns. I don't think you have to say, I'm going to go above the market. I don't think you have to say, I want to be real more conservative than the market because the market is the market. And historically, it's done well, seven out of 10 years. And if you look at it, it's the teeter-totter going from the bottom left of your TV, slowly, slowly rising, going higher and higher. It's crawling towards that, that top right of your TV, across the screen. It's making a straight line that uh, has a 16, 17, 18% uh, angle at times. And then it, it cracks and it gets larger and it gets smaller. But it's creeping higher. It's interesting when you have a chart of the markets from the last hundred years, you don't even see things at times like World War One, World War Two, the Korean War. You don't see them because over time it's been that slow crawl from the lower left of your screen to the you know middle upper right of your right side of the screen. And a lot of people fight it, and a lot of people you know try to impress you with their knowledge base and try to get you as clients. Um, I've you know, the amount of people I've run into in this industry who are, are creative thinkers, very few and far between. The amount of people who sell product, pretty dominant. So, cautious. So, try to avoid mistakes in retirement. Um, try to m- avoid mistakes in life. Not having a budget. 
I know it stinks because it's so not sexy. Um, and I know some retirees who go like to the horse racetrack and stuff, and they sit there and they have free sodas all day, and they, they bet on the horses, and they talk to other guys. And I, I know that you can have like a budget on you know your entertainment. Um, I know you have to focus on that just as importantly because I've, I've got some family members who are older who started giving money away very too much so too soon, seeing that they don't know how long their health is going to last or when does it kick out. I, I know the finances and they gave away money too soon. So another mistake that people can make, especially on retirement, is relying too much on Social Security. Most people assume that they don't need much for retirement savings because they've heard about Social Security. Social Security will only pay about 40% of your earnings, um, your basically your pre-retirement income. And that may not even be true because you, you know, the more you make, the more you get addicted to that, and that doesn't necessarily play out in higher payout in any way, shape, or form in retirement. It does. The more money you make in paying Social Security, to get to higher tiers, but you ain't gonna make up, you know, five hundred thousand dollars in retirement per se with forty percent covered. But working longer ends up boosting your Social Security benefits as well, and it's something a lot of people have to think about. But I know people get panicked and they're like. What if I die? I need, I could use that money now. You know, maybe I can go on a nice vacation. So you got to be very careful about when you take your benefits and buying long-term care. Um, I have no doubt I have enough money to cover my loved one until she dies in long-term care. I have no doubt that I'll probably be dead in eight to ten years. So I don't think I'm going to need the long-term care. So eight hundred five one six twelve twenty to get your calls on the air. I know you're saying, why do you think you're going to be dead in 8 to 10 years? That's kind of interesting. I just do. And it has nothing to do with the psychic. I'm not my dad, but my dad kicked over at 58. After battling um, a heart attack and um, cancer. So cancer was what got him for sure. But um, I guess he never had a second heart attack, which is good. I wonder how many people have second heart attacks. Anyhow, um, where I'm digressing, you know, one of the stocks I really like over the long term, and it, it's counterintuitive, it's McDonald's. And it's just their stock performance versus the Dow Jones Industrial Average and the SP 500. Sometimes over one year, two years, it's, it's, it's about the same. But if you look at how McDonald's has done in the last 15 years, and I go through cycles now where I'm like, oh, I would really like that. A McDonald's shake, even though I know it's like not real ice cream and that bothers me, but I don't really think their nuggets are real chicken either. So I think there's something else going on in there. But McDonald's thumps the Dow Jones Industrial Average over 15 years and the S&P 500. Um, So it's done really well. And again, over the last 10 years, pretty good. It's beaten both of them pretty nicely. Over the last five years, yes. And what I'm trying to say is one of the things when you look at mutual funds or index funds or stocks, take a look at a 15-year period if your time horizon is 15 years. If your time horizon is I want to be out of it in a year, take a look at the last year. See how it's done. If you had bought it you know, at three different times last year, how would you have done? Was there a big difference? How do you feel about that? Is it seasonal? So you have to become a stock detective and someone owns that trademark. Stock detective. I've got my eye on your stocks. Someone owns that. I know. I know. You're saying that's pretty darn lame. And I'm like, yes, it, it is. 
um, there's not a lot of big stories out there right now, in case you can't tell. So just throwing that at you. Uh, we could take a look at the markets. So anyway, I do like the job. And again, I want one of the things that I want to say about that is I also like the S&P 500. They, they're very different type of ideas for different type of investments and investors. So I think that's something that, um, what are you trying to get? That's one of the most difficult parts about the show is I can help you with financial planning. I can help you with estate planning or at least ideas, right? Um, I'm not saying that I'm a financial planner in no way, shape, or form, but you get the idea. I can help you on those ideas, uh, why you need it, you know, what the benefits are. Anyhow, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. I'm Rob Black. You can always find me online at Rob Black Show. Got a big seminar coming up next month. Um, but you can sign up at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. Use code radio25. Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.